Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men older than man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us as we get sentimental with Minute 90 of Dead Man's Chest. A little sentimental action. That's not a pirate word, by the way. Sentimental? Yeah. I'm kind of just all over the board with that nowadays. It was taking a lot of brain power, so I just decided to <laughs> ease up on it. But I have some stuff. I week. sure as hell hope so. <laughs> yeah. It might go on a bit, so I figured I can officially like start the show as opposed to having a discussion and then jumping into the minute recap and setting the stage for the next minute, you know, minute 90. So if you're good with that, how about I we guess do that? so. Are you the good place with that? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Are you in the good place with that? I'm not sure. The good place. Yeah. It's my Easter egg for the discussion. And of course, it's Pirates of the Caribbean related, too. Not a tangent. The good place is not Pirates of the Caribbean related. You hold your ass because, yeah, you don't know where I'm going with this. Because, like I said, not a tangent. Uh, Maybe. Well, maybe. Curse of the Black Pearl. Not Dead Man's Chest. But recent puff piece in a current TV show reference. But in the previous minute... Davy Jones throws down the Sleepy Spaghetti Western gauntlet while listening to a snuff box as Will Turner plays with his tentacles and finds the key. <laughs> no, it's not what you think. <laughs> the good and the ugly father-son duo continue to plot against the bad Davy Jones, knowing full well that possibly for a few dollars more, Will would have wound his music locket. See what I did there, that stuff? Oh, yeah. Minute 90 begins with bootstrap Bill Turner prepping the longboat for Will's imminent escape with the keys to Dead Man's Chest. The minute ends with Bootstrap telling Will, now go. Will replies, they'll know you helped me. Bootstrap laughs in response and says, what more can they do to me? But it's Easter egg time, just like I teased, like, seconds ago. Because we'll get to the minute in a minute. Get to the minute in a minute? Yeah, uh, new listeners to the show will be saying to themselves, what in the hell is he talking about? Minute in a minute. But I have some Pirates of the Caribbean news. He really doesn't know. I don't. More like a puff piece, like I said, for the good place. But did you know there's an Easter egg in that show for Pirates of the Caribbean? In the good place. No. Neither did I. And I'm going to try and hunt down a pic and then share it in our Facebook group. Here's what happened, though. Well, kind of explain what I'm talking about here. Besides getting people lost. Michael Schur, the creator of The Good Place, participated in a panel discussion with the cast and was talking about, of all things, Pirates of the Caribbean. I tried to find the audio to play. Kind of get fancy-dancy with the show. Yeah. Play like a real clip. Kind of done that in some stuff before. Right. But alas, G-mateys, I didn't find it in 15 seconds, so you get my wonderful <laughs> interpretation. So here's what he said from my own voice. In the pilot, 
When we were scouting, we were really kind of screwed the way the script was written. For a while, we were just going to shoot it all in Pasadena and say, oh, the fake neighborhood Michael designed is just like a strip of coffee shops and stuff. Schur said, we didn't know what to do, but when we found this back lot called European Street, and the only thing that had been shot there in years is this one short scene from like Pirates of the Caribbean 31 or whatever it was. A- How dare you making fun of Pirates of the Caribbean? That's my comment to his quote. And if there's something to make fun of, that would be our job. Yeah. B, that's a joke from Spaceballs, Michael Schur. It's Rocky Five Thousand. Anyways, (laughs) quit ripping off other jokes and quit taking our job. That's what I have to say about that. But Schur couldn't remember which film of Johnny Depp's Pirates franchise took advantage of the set other than to remember someone fell off a balcony or something. Poor guy. Maybe he's referencing Dead Man's Chest, someone thrown off a balcony. But they spruced things up and turned it into this vibrant, beautiful setting that viewers can see in The Good Place. Or when visiting Universal Studios. From that sprang this. Sure's favorite joke of season two. And by the way, The Good Place, if you haven't watched it, it's about... Well, I don't know if I... I don't want to spoil it if people are just getting on board. But it's about when you die and you go to The Good Place. Where you go when you die. Yeah, there you go. So j- just leave it at that. Ted Danson, Kristen Bell, that kind of stuff. But anyways, it turned into Schur's favorite joke of season two when Bell asked about an Easter egg referencing their set's origins. The creator explained, oh, that's my favorite joke of the year, Schur said. When they go to the bad place and the train pulls into the station, they get out and Michael's saying like, keep walking, keep walking. But on the wall, there's a movie poster and it says Pirates of the Caribbean 6, the haunted crow's nest or whatever. Who gives a crap? Then at the bottom it says, playing in every theater everywhere forever. B, or C now, I think I'm on my list C. How dare you again? Making fun of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's our job. Yeah, exactly. If we want to make fun of it. It's a blink and you'll miss it moment, but the poster can be seen in the corner of the frame for a few seconds. This fake Pirates of the Caribbean 6 in the bad place. Damn you, Michael Schur. Yeah. His reasoning for this, including this poster... And the listeners can tell us what they think. I like it for many reasons, he says. But the number one reason I like it is that the implication is that that's where these movies are made. And then they're exported up here. That's where they come from. They're made in hell. That's Michael Schur right there. Perhaps if he listened to our show, he'd see the films in a whole new light. Possibly. Except for the freaking Pelagosto flip the ravine move. That (laughs) is okay to make fun of. Other things, no. But other than that, them's fighting words, really. There you go. So I'll add a screenshot to the Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. Couple Maybe of them. he's just jealous that he didn't create the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I'm sure. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> I'm jealous of it. <laughs> Secondly, it got me wondering, though, what this European backlot was like. And that I did find. And? Fairly quickly. And photos that will definitely be added to the group as well. The poster and the photos of the backlot. Because essentially it's called Little Europe. Universal Studios. The basic facades of the streets of this little Europe can easily be redressed and supplemented to transform the street into any, like, location they want. Anything around the world, essentially. Street signs, lampposts, and other street furniture can suggest, like, any time or any place to the audience. It's, it's actual movie magic. There you go. Wow. And the cobblestones underfoot are actually pressed cement and are permanent. But they can be covered up with sand and dirt for other time periods. Kind of gives us that non-paved road feel. Mm. 
The current sets were built in 1967 as replicas of the old sets that burned down following a devastating fire. Destroyed the whole area, including part of the Spartacus Square, which I believe is also no longer there nowadays. There are a number of smaller areas adjacent to the main Little Europe sets, including this area that's hidden from the main studio tram. And this is where Curse of the Black Pearl happened. Some of the Tortuga scenes that we see, specifically where they appear as the exterior of the blacksmith shop. It's also where the soldiers come running through that stone archway in the hall, kind of in that area. Oh, okay, yeah. In the movie, looking for the escaped Jack Sparrow at the time. Yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow. Where he's running like a lizard. Yeah. So check out our Facebook group, and I'll add the photos there. Will you now? I will. I will do it because I don't want to. I don't want to disappoint Cynthia. (laughs) I've been trying to do better about that. (laughs) People are like, this guy just says he's going to add stuff, and he never does. They're going to start adding it for you. (laughs) That's that's okay. (laughs) Gets me out of all the legwork. So that's what I got. That's it. Yeah, that's speaking of the good place right there. That was a quick episode. No, okay. That's what I got about The Good Place in Pirates oh, of the Caribbean. Oh, okay. Because speaking of The Good Place, The Deck of the Flying Dutchman. I really like the feel of this scene. It has like this great sailor vibe to it. This very 18th century pirate feel to me. That reminds me, actually. I get a bit of information on The Flying Dutchman. Okay. The creators of The Flying Dutchman wanted it to be alive. The ship alive? The ship's alive. Its own character. They wanted it to be its own character. You seem to be awfully dramatic over there. That's just because you can see my hands. (laughs) No, you seem to be doing a lot of drama over there. So they wanted it to have a lot of sea forms everywhere. And ferns and mollusk. Mollusk? Mollusk. Mollusk? Mollusk. 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 Uglier, brother. (laughs) And some barnacles and... All that kind of stuff that grows underwater. Yeah. So they. Added- oh, I see what you're saying. They made it alive with sea life, not actually alive with the ship. Well, that's it. Made with all the sea life, it made the ship alive. So the ship is actually kind of alive, right? So this is how it transmits information to Davy Jones. Is this what you're telling me? Yes. Because we were talking about that before of how the ship may actually. There's something, or yeah, relays information, vibrations, or anything about it. That's like, how did he know that Will called him out for Liar's Dice while he's playing his pipe organ? Exactly. He's just strumming away in his cabin. Exactly. Just him and his tentacles. Whenever they would shoot the ship, that didn't make sense. Whenever the ship was shot, they would actually wet down the deck. That makes sense. To make it look, make sure it felt alive. It does, I don't know, I didn't get necessarily get the alive feeling in this particular minute, but I know what you're saying because there is a lot of stuff everywhere. Because that kind of leads where I was going with this thing. Because it's like this open claustrophobia thing going on here. I know it's weird right. to describe it and I don't like no. mean I'm claustrophobic, but the volume of marine debris that's on the rigging, it's hanging everywhere. All of it creates like this wall, this enclosure of the deck. Right. I totally understand when you say claustrophobic-like. Because we're on the deck, but yet it feels like you're down below. Yeah, there's wall. it's almost like walls of sea life is on the rigging and it's completely it's like enclosed the, the deck up there. Yeah. And this is where the apology comes through too with a good old bootstrap there. Bootstrap knows he can't make up for kind of what he did. Lost times. Yeah. By leaving Will to go pirating. 
because he knows that. But he can try, and I think he's trying to, like, ensure Will gets away. But he appears at peace with his destiny, though, too. Well, yeah. Even laughs at Will's comment about possible repercussions for helping him escape with the keys. Yeah. He's try- or the key, I should say. The keys. It's like multiple dead man's chest. He's like, oh, which key is it? No, there's five keys per one chest. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Because he's trying to release Will from any guilt. I think that's what's going on. Right, yeah. You owe me nothing. Yeah. Because the power of that is that he actually knows Will, even though he missed his childhood. Because he knows Will has that moral compass and that drive to want to save him or anybody. Right. Which will put him in octopus jeopardy if he sticks around. And he knows he won't leave and get to shore, which is a good kind of backup thing. You got to get to shore. Will, row your boat to shore, son. (laughs) Row it. Get off the water. Get to land. (laughs) And stay there. Yeah, your destiny is not to die at sea. That's Bootstrap's destiny, I should say. Because we get some decent close-ups of Bootstrap, too. Yeah, what is that thing on his cheek? Well, there's a starfish and there's some barnacles. He's got a big old bulbous thing on one cheek under the starfish. I think that's just barnacle stuff. It's huge. It's like a... um, Barnacle? What do you call it? Yeah. A protuberance? Yes, thank you. A goiter? A goiter. I may have a slight problem, though. What's a, it's not a the problem? major. Yeah, I may. Because it's too I, mushy. You no, get... no. I didn't say that. I said slight problem. And we're talking about bootstrapping his close-up. That's what I'm talking about. Not mushiness. Okay. I don't have any problem with what was going on there. Okay. With the, the dialogue or anything. Because I don't know why, but the starfish on his face looks less lively and flatter than normal. Than in other shots. I. You know what? I couldn't even focus on the starfish because all I could see was the cheek. The barnacle portuguese. But the starfish has a bit of a dimension. Kind of, sure, okay, I mean, it does. But seems like it's it's more of a puffy pasty than a starfish hmm. at that stage. In this particular scene. It's like it didn't adhere properly or something. Because starfish like this are puffier, right? How do you know? They are. This kind of starfish is puffier. And I know I'm treading carefully on the, <laughs> you know... Nipple talk, talking puffy and pasties and all that kind of stuff. But it's an observation about starfish applications. And since this isn't CG, this is actual stuff that's happening. This is all... It's kind of puffy. Oh, barely. It's kind of... The rest looks great. It's hanging about an inch off his face. Oh, get out of here. You don't even know what an inch is then if you think that that thing is... Okay, three quarters of an inch. Bull. It's flat. It's relatively flat. Oh, maybe it is more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were comparing it to the protuberance no, on his face. No, maybe it was a different part of the minute that I was looking at. Mm, it's I don't possible. Think so. It's possible. I don't think so. Because now I might uh, I have think to walk that You know back what a it bit. is? More of the minute shows more of the side of his face. And from the side of his face, it's going to look flatter because maybe. you're not seeing the front That's of it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I was looking at the yeah. wrong. Yeah. Paused clip yeah, area. Yeah, you were looking at the wrong part. So take that back. I will possibly walk that back. Because now that you showed me a picture of it, maybe it, it does look puffier than I yeah. imagined it. But like I said, it could have been the actual freeze frame that I had. You know, freeze frame thing going freeze on. Freeze frame. Isn't that a song? Yeah. A, that you have to ask that question means you have to be booted from the show. <laughs> Because we've actually used that music in the show before. So hey, get the hell out of here. And I know I may get in trouble for this since I teased music boxes last time, last minute. Snuff boxes. You still don't have information on it? Mm, well, snuff boxes. 
that are like more pirate hardcore term than just say music boxes. But yeah, I'm thinking we keep that stuff for the next time we actually see the locket. Okay. Otherwise it gets Fine. us off kind of the minute by minute concept. That's true. You know, sorry about that history. Everybody was clamoring true. for history. They're like, oh my God, we're actually going to get music box talk today. Do you know how many cannons the Flying Dutchman has? Yeah, we talked about all that. It's got 36, by the way. Sea life encrusted, but fully operational cannons. I think we, yeah, I think we covered. Were they sea life encrusted? I didn't say sea life encrusted at the time. (laughs) But I did walk through all the armament of the Flying Dutchman. Oh, yeah. You were sleeping on the sea. No, I just you? I just wanted to inform you they were sea life encrusted. Because you're all about the ship is alive right now for some reason. The ship is alive. But the problem is, is it? Well, maybe because you want things to be alive. I don't know why you keep going back to that. That's like your big. <laughs> it's weird. It's like we progressed and you keep circling back. It's like turn the boat around. We got to talk about sea life encrustations again. But we were talking about history. And I can keep up with the school theme, though, to not fully disappoint everybody. Because I don't know much about history. Don't know much I don't about know much history. biology. But what I do know is we are all looking for some marine biology. That's what I do know. That we are. Because I was trying to identify that starfish on Bootstrap's face. And? Bad news. Not sure it's a realistic one, first of all. Are you sure about that? By that, I mean a specific species. Possibly. Plus, I didn't have 20 hours to go through all the variations to try and find and pinpoint that particular sea star on his face. That sucker on his face. You know, kind of a pun. Pun intended for starfish sticking there. But it does look like a cushion star. Similar and maybe one that's found in the Caribbean, actually. In fact, there's a strikingly colored one called the cushion star that Caribbean, a.k.a. or Easter reticulatus. Easter reticulatus? Or Easter Oh, or Easter. The species name Reticulatus refers to the net-like pattern on the body surface, whereas Oris refers to mountain. So breaking it down, the Latin name means reticulated mountain star. Oh. It's a pretty iconic animal for the region and so distinguished that it even occurs on the one-cent coin on the Commonwealth of the Bahamas. Oh, really? Yeah. They're pretty proud of their uh, cushion star there. Well, And it's not like one of those really giant puffy ones that almost have no arms. That's why I'm bringing this one here. Right, because you tried to make him a giant puffy one. I didn't. He wasn't puffy. You were the one who made him puffy. Because that's it. I'm not going to overstay my welcome with starfish facts, though. But they come in like this giant variety of colors for that even that one species. It, it's amazing oh, really? the differences. Yeah. That's like trying to find that particular one with that coloration. Doesn't necessarily make sense because even that species in the Caribbean, they're all different colors. But I was wondering, and here's where I kind of get off on the things. Does the starfish on Bootstrap represent his ability to regrow? Not like physically, like an arm, but reinvent himself as a person from a pirate to a father. Mm, You're getting a little philosophical here. Something to think about, though. That's true. Because it's curious that others are rather creepy when it comes to the design of the Dutchman crew. Yet the ones that err on the good side, the kind of nicer ones, they're, uh... Like, okay, Bootstrap and Wyvern seem to be less repulsive, right? Wyvern's brain came out of his head. Yeah, but that's not he repulsive? looked at his face, so he still had kind of a human yeah. face. It's not like you wanted a yak or something. Well, that's true. And that's definitely a trope, is to have like the good guys that are more pleasant, the bad guys just yeah. get uglier and uglier, meaner looking. But the symbolic starfish regrowing thing, that remains to be seen. Maybe I'll think about it, see if it makes sense. 
So did you want to circle back to encrusted ships and things? No. Did you have anything else then? No. This I thought it was a very touching moment between Will and his dad. It was, and that's I thought was okay. And they had the I don't want to say sappy, but I'll say sappy music in the background. You know, it that was kind of went with the whole touching moment. They did, and I was gonna look it up and then I decided not to because I was really interested in the good place stuff that was going down and then making fun of Pirates of the Caribbean. I kind of got distracted, and I was looking for starfish and all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad scene. I think it's it's not, like, inventive. Uh-huh. Because it happens in other movies, too. Oh, well, yeah. But But I they needed to have re- this moment between them. I think so. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, I like the fact that he's helping his son to try and escape, to try yeah. and make amends as best as he can in the situation. Right. Even though Will appreciates it. And it's not going to ever make up for what happened. It's still something. And and it's not like Bootstrap is even trying to make excuses. Because that's what the interesting part no, is. No, he, he didn't. Is He says, yeah, I did it. And then he even basically says, yeah, I wanted to go pirating. Yeah. So it's like he starts to and then realizes, why am I trying to make an excuse when I just wanted to go do this? Yeah. So he admits, yeah, he was kind of a... Poor dad and wanted to do his own thing. Didn't want to be tied down. Went out. And that's the problem. That's kind of the whole theme of being a sailor and free and all not tied down anyways. That's what happens. Right. So his dad's not any different than a lot of other pirates. Right. So that's the thing. And then when his dad says what he kind of laughs and says, what more could they do to me? Yeah. That right there shows you he's just living in hell. Yeah. He's ready to go. Yeah. There's nothing he can do. He's got a hundred years, and the best thing that you can hope for at that point is to die is to in become, the rain. No, is to. <laughs> <I> swear, <laughs> you know it's like boiling hot in the studio, <laughs> and you just can't let us finish this. But it's like if he could see now. I completely lost where I was going because you had to be an idiot. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. Good job. Hope you're satisfied. This Wait, is why I said if he could. The best that he could hope for. Well, okay. The best that he can hope for is that he becomes like Wyvern. Oh, yeah. And just starts just, to lose it. Yeah. And just becomes kind of this cog that has some distant memories of what's going on, but lost his whole personality. Yeah. Lost who he was. So that's all I got. That's it for me. Except maybe some rum and wine this weekend. Oh, yeah. Embrace the pirate sophistication thing. You know, wine instead of rum, maybe. Yeah, maybe that shake it up good. a bit. Depending on the heat, the beer may have to come in instead. There you go, Icelandic white ale. Oh yeah. We'll be back on Monday with minute ninety-one of Dead Man's Chest, and until then, scallywags. Let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum, and Heather's talk of encrusted sea life ships to a minimum. Oh yeah, <laughs> to a minimum. It's alive. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. 
twitter.com slash blackpearlmen, instagram.com slash blackpearlshow, soundcloud.com slash pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.